listening to Blue Yonder with your hosts, Jim Jones, Peter Streets, and introducing Aaron Hubbard. The first time I played what I consider a first-person shooter, which I know a lot of people have differences of opinion, like a lot of people will want to mention. Dude, okay, <laughs> one yeah. second. We've got to turn this off. This is like distracting what? the shit. This guy is spraying water out of his fucking armpits. <laughs> We've got. Or, okay, you guys it's can't time. be watching I, TV. Yeah, turn this shit off. Like All I right, can't. Fine, whatever. I'm gonna turn it back on about 20 minutes though, just so you know. <laughs> All right. Focus. Hopefully, I'll be but in what on that. Like, so it's first first person shooter. I know a lot of people say like. Are Ultima. we starting this? Yeah, is it's this gone. Yeah, the first like you know people debate and say, well, Ultima had, and I'm like, well, okay, first person shooter in my mind, the first one is Wolfenstein. And I remember playing that on probably a 386 I had at the time and just being blown away by... I don't want to say you use the word realism, although, because <laughs> if you look back, the shit is so cartoony. Oh, yeah. But just the fact that you could move around in this 3D space, pick, um, select weapons just by picking them up, um, you know, you had a knife. You could kill German shepherds. There was like two different types of Nazis. They t- they screamed at you in German. Um, you know, you got to kill Hitler at the end. There's swastikas everywhere. There's blood. I mean, spraying when you got when you got the minigun. Where you know, in in Wolfenstein, you had pistol, knife, and minigun. And the damn minigun was ammo was few and far between. So, like, when you got that thing and cleared out a room and there's just pixelated blood spraying everywhere, uh, that, as, like, a 13- or 14-year-old, I thought it was the coolest thing I've ever seen. It was just so over-the-top violent, Nazi imagery everywhere. Uh, Crazy. I mean, crazy. It was very anti-establishment, wasn't it? And I'm thinking... The parents were in an uproar. and, 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 like... The thing I was talking with, with Jim today that I guess I miss about the current because okay, Wolfenstein you couldn't look up and down. You had one full, you had one level. It was just room after room after room. After, it was like the largest single uh, story nice. house. You just go you through. You just plow through single story with houses. Second joystick? Huh? I thought you used the right joystick on your Xbox to look up and down in that game. You can't look in the original Wolfenstein. <laughs> you had no look up, look down. Oh my god! It was, yeah. There was no stairs because it, it was all like played on the keyboard with the left and right arrows, right? Well, you could play it with a mouse at the time, but I can't think of a single did person you really? that did. I played yeah. Wolfenstein in the first Doom with a, a joystick, <laughs> and wow. then when Doom came out, and it was so much better, but still, you couldn't jump, you couldn't look up, you couldn't look down. You did have they faked multiple levels and there was transparent treachers and much more variety in the mon- in the, the monsters. In Wolfenstein there was I think four different enemies. Uh, an SS, uh, a regular trooper, a German shepherd and, and one other. And there's three different weapon types. Doom, you had seven different weapons. Um, you had I don't know how many different enemy types and the textures were better. But still you know you had you had some of those Doom levels, you had like fifty guys that you had to take care of. And you could instigate them fighting each other. That was the other really cool yeah, thing that yeah, you could like, like circle strafe around them and have this start them fighting amongst themselves. And that was like a key component. But now games are so sophisticated that where you can kneel, you can lay prone, you can walk, you can run, you can look up, you can look down. 
you can jump, you can swim, you Throw can do grenades. all these things. But at the other hand, the, some fishing. of the some of the visceral level up your thrills of like you know. <laughs> I, I can't think of anything scarier than in the first Doom when you would open some random door and a fucking Baron of Hell would, was standing right there in front of you with that terrifying roar. <laughs> and mm-hmm. how evocative Doom was, where it's like you'd step into a room and you'd hear doors open and demons roar and the lights would shut out. Um, <laughs> it, it's almost like on a little crappy 14-inch monitor, that game was almost realer at 320 by 200 resolution than some of the ultra realistic games that we play now, like mo- you know Modern Warfare Two. Yeah, I would say that it's probably because there was a certain level of intensity and fear to playing Doom by yourself in a dark room. Not like that, but like Modern Warfare Two, there are some levels that get fairly intense. But I have a real problem with their mechanic of find cover, kneel behind it for five seconds, and you're one hundred percent health restored. I yeah, mean, that, that Doom, happens in a lot of FPS games. You, you get yeah, you get the, you get the like eleven percent health, and your avatar character that's at the bottom has got blood dripping from its his mouth. Yeah, and he looks like it's he's gruesome. Gone. Yeah, you, and it really like, is. And he's breathing heavily, and like I've got to find a med kit. Uh, yeah, I just yeah and what what first person shooter games can either of you come up with one other FPS that's been made since then that actually shows physically? a graphical representation of how brutalized your FPS guy is getting. You know, like you said, Doom, like you're at 10% health, you've got blood coming from your fucking nose, and your eyes are like, you know... Not since jacked. Quake, I believe Quake was the very last one that had that had that kind of... That really... That's an, that seems like a small detail, <laughs> but I was just watching um, this um, review of Doom 2 uh, the other day, and not not the original, of course, but it's actually just been re-released uh, again for uh, Xbox Live Arcade. And I had forgotten that you used to be able to see the character get damaged. And that actually adds to some of the heart-pounding. Oh, intent. not only that, but it was satisfying when you picked up, like, the plasma gun for the very first time. And he got, your character got this evil grin. And when you, like, sprayed ammo for 20 seconds, or, like, for 10, longer than 10 seconds, like, kept the fire button, he had kind of, like, got, had, like, a scream look on his face, like, he's like, ah, you know, and that, also, the mechanic, if you got attacked from your left or right off screen, your character actually flinched in that direction to give you, instead of just, like, you know, how like a red Half-Life bar. has a little red bar on the side, your guy would actually look and... You know, it was it, it was kind of a really cool. I mean, I don't know if I want to sacrifice ten percent of my screen for a big old bar like that, <laughs> but yeah, it was pretty cool. And I can't think of another one that did that past uh, the original Quake. Mm-hmm. That's a it's a pretty cool feature, and that and the fact that, like you said, back when you were playing those games, it was the granddaddy, and it was pretty revolutionary. I remember playing Wolfenstein. Just going back to that for a second. First time I ever played that was in a Walmart, and it was running on their demo. They used to have yeah, their Packard computers. Bell, their Packard Bell computers. Probably, I can't. <laughs> oh no, they 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 were Packard shitty Packard Bells. Oh, were they? Oh yeah. You know, you can confirm this. Oh, yeah. I, I yeah, I, I sold them. I, was I a, didn't I was think a there was a Packard Bell technician for Walmart. <laughs> oh wow! Had a fucking little teal polo shirt to prove it. I, I definitely remember the Packard Bells at Walmart. <laughs> Were they, like, in an exclusive deal with Walmart? 
Acer, I thought. No, well, they definitely sold HPs while I was there. Mm. Well, I, I bought uh, Dell there from Walmart once. So. Yeah, they've gone through. <laughs> then they quit, and then they came back. Uh, now they now they sell everything. As long, as long as it's made in China, they'll sell it. So. Right. That's pretty much everything under the sun now. So. As long as it's made poorly. <laughs> I was playing it on a demo on the sales floor, and I could only play the demo with the arrow keys. Right. Which is why I was thinking the arrow keys were the only only way to play, but you say that it had a an, a mouse input option. Yeah, I, I don't know about Wolfenstein because I discovered um, actually when I was pl- at Walmart, um, I used to play with the joystick. So you'd move back, forth, uh, and turn. You still could, do. That's what all the ladies say. <laughs> <laughs> and you used the two fire buttons to shoot and open button and open doors. Um, mm-hmm. But like I played with the assistant store manager who went by the name Ironclaw, and he like was so much better than me. It was almost like he's fucking cheating. What was his in game name? <laughs> <laughs> Chuck. Uh, so anyway, yes. Yeah, so, so I said, uh, Mister Ironclaw, sir. Uh, man, you just brutalized me last night. He's like, "Yeah, you suck," and I'm like, "I." It's like, well, it's like you know, it's like guys. I was playing with Jace, uh, Ace Jace at the time, and we both played with joysticks, and we we're both equal. We thought we were pretty badass, and this guy just brutalized us. And he's like, "You just turn." I mean, like, you turn like a little baby, <laughs> and I, I, was, I was like, I just don't understand. It's like, I don't know how you get the joystick to move that fast. And he like <laughs> looked at me like I was an idiot. And he's like, "Try with the aiming with the mouse." Yeah. And so I went and... Eternal words of wisdom there. So yeah. I went and did that, and I started kicking Ace Jace's ass for the first and only time of our entire <laughs> lifetime until he decided one weekend to get, get to, to pick up the mouse and keyboard and, and hone his skill on that. So, but yeah, I played the first Wolfenstein and the first Doom entirely with a little shitty uh, Gravis joystick. Oh, yeah, everybody had the Gravis back then. Uh, this, is a good, this is a quality joystick. Had a Gravis game. I actually think you gave us a Gravis gamepad. I probably did. Yeah. I like Gravis stuff. I, their Firebird controller I bought for MechWarrior 2 was still like one of my fondest. And it caused a genuine fight between me and Ace Jays. Because yeah. he tried to pawn off. It came to a head, by the way. She tried to pawn off a $70 joystick, which was a chunk of change for a 16 year old. Yep. He tried to pawn off his shitty, shit encrusted. Badly worn decals removed ver- with with all incidentally was also broken <laughs> with my pristine copy and it's like he started walking out the door and I saw that on my desk and I was like <laughs> I went outside and got him I'm like give me my goddamn controller back he's like what are you talking about it's like you know this is the one you've had stuck up your ass I want my I want my new one that works back so yeah he actually had the balls to try to pass that off uh, going back to the the indicators of like health and how beat up your guy is. They actually do some of that in the newer games. Um, like you'll you'll it's not a visual representation, but you'll walk slower. Um, you'll like have more weapon bob stuff like that um, mm-hmm. in some new games. I kind of like that. I mean, I, I do miss the. I, I miss the old school waves of enemies. Like oh yeah, we were talking like... about serious Sam. Yeah, the, yeah I the, hear that's pretty classic in its structure. If you've totally. never played Serious Sam, you really ought to, because I actually think it outdoomed Doom, and that there were some levels that you ran out of every freaking ammo for every freaking gun that you had, and you had to reload and think, okay, I need to think of a new strategy accounting for ammo, 
<laughs> you know, like I have to, I have to really figure out how to husband my ammo, or else it's not going to survive the thousands of enemies that I have to demolish in between. <laughs> you know, a- am- ammo collection. And, and there are legitimately thousands of enemies in this game. This game is not about like figuring out tactics to beat guys with great AI or really tough bosses. This is about demolishing hordes of shitty little. Like you're pests. Gonna, you're going to walk into the middle of a city square. And there's going to be about 200 <laughs> enemies coming to you from all 16 directions of the compass yep. at the same time. How are you going to deal with that? <laughs> how will you deal? And it's so much fun. Like you, you can basically just, for large chunks of it, turn your brain off and kill stuff. That's and, what I. And love I also love like when you would stumble across like it'd been quiet for a while and you'd stumble across a room that was just jacked full of every weapon oh, and yeah. ammo in the game, and you're thinking, Shields "Oh my health. god, it's going to be go time as soon as I open this next door." <laughs> yeah, and you'd open it, and coming. there'd be like a vet. There's like just giant desert oasis, and <laughs> and you see nothing. Until you walk Plus, in, because everything thing. spawned out of nothing, didn't it? Yeah, well, no, like, sometimes the, my favorite levels were, like, because the other thing about Serious Sam is the levels were ginormous. Yeah. At the time, like, Doom and Quake and all these other games had gone to very compressed corridors and, you know, mm-hmm. really limited draw distance, and and because mm-hmm. they couldn't... Serious Sam, you could see for miles... And my favorite levels were the ones that took place because it kind of like it had this weird Egyptian theme, like uh, techno yeah. Egyptian, like uh, almost uh, like Stargate theme. My favorite was when I can clearly remember. Remember the like soldier type that were had no head. Oh yeah, yeah. But they had like t- they carried two. Bo- they carried bombs, bombs. Yeah, and they, they, they would come at you and screaming. Uh-huh. I yeah, remember totally. like one you'd hear this. Oh. <laughs> and it was slowly and he was louder. so far away you couldn't even see them they're just specks in the distance and you'd hear oh. and then you'd start to resolve holy shit there's five headless soldiers holding explosives coming at me and then it'd be oh. and you'd see them like from something from fucking Lawrence of Arabia this little pixel resolve into this figure that slowly got closer and closer and they came out with an HD version of that. Maybe that would help. I've with got the to. Da- I've got to down because it's I was just. Steam. I yeah. was just thinking that that game is amazing. I bet it doesn't hold up very well. But if it, if they got a high def version, I ought to download it. Totally. My my favorite weapon in that game. You remember this was the giant bowling or the giant. It was cannon a cannon. Ball. It was a yeah. literally like you held an old school Revolutionary War cannon with a thirty two pound ball. Oh, they're, they're, the balls were huge, weren't they? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was like the size of a beach ball, and you'd fire that, yeah. and the longer you held it, the faster it would go, but it would just infinitely plow through, like a real, like if you shot a real cannon at yeah. a crowd of people. It just tore through them. <laughs> that was pretty fun. The other so thing fun. about that game is their bosses were colossal. Why am I not remembering the bosses? I don't know because like they're like shadows of the Colossus big. Really? And you fought like the very last guy in the game was 10 stories tall and you fought him in the middle. You started fighting him in the in like a You start on the outskirts of the city and he was chasing you along a road <laughs> like the whole time and through picking up and throwing shit at you and you eventually got to like this ginormous col- coliseum that he strode atop. Man, I I wonder if I never finished this game because I don't might not that. have because it yeah. I know uh, Psychonuts and I were playing it when we were roommates, and we, we loved it. We played it a lot. I just can't remember if we finished it or not. had really good weapon variety, too. 
Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, the, like the cannonball, I, the shotguns, the like the they had they didn't have like a four barrel laser, kind of like almost like the gun the Millennium Falcon had. Hmm. I don't remember that one. Uh, but they had yeah, they had really. I haven't seen that kind of weapon imagination since like Duke Nukem 3D. Honestly, I think like back to the inception of of the genre of FPS, Doom and Doom Two, and even Wolfenstein 3D seem to be. Uh, kind of a survival horror game, almost. Mm-hmm. Um, and it seemed to be that at some point um, FPS has started to branch out to other territory. Um, talk about that a little bit, because I know, like, survival horror, uh, when I ever played Doom, even when I played Doom 3, it feels like a survivor survival horror, and I know that you know there are FPSs that went kind of more that way, like your Fear and Fear 2, and then there are FPSs that went kind of a more action-adventure feel, kind of like, I think, the Half-Life series more or less devolved. See, although Half-Life like, survival, squarely survival horror. Not all I mean, like, parts yeah. of it more, like like Ravenholm. Raven stuff like that definitely is, like, the more Doom, where you're fighting zombies and stuff. But then, you know, there are a lot of scenes that you're driving in a buggy, you know, and you're shooting at tanks and... You know, and then I mean, FPS went from there to you know, freaking Portal. So, like, what was the next evolution after survival horror? You know, I'm trying to think of the first the first FPS that wasn't in the Doom slash Quake vein. Unreal. Unreal. Yeah. I, I mean, System Shock maybe. Oh, Quake. I think Unreal competed primarily with Quake at the time, didn't it? Or Quake right. Half Life. Half-Life was probably the first one because it was the only one that started to tell a story. And you had right. these interactive oh, it, yeah. scenes. And, and you would walk up like, on something and, like, you don't even start the damn game with a weapon unless you cheat. <laughs> yeah, it's and the other thing about that is it was started the trend towards realistic weapons. Mm-hmm. And right. I can't think of a single weapon before that that had, like, you know, Doom had a double-barrel shotgun, but it was obviously the gun from Evil Dead. <laughs> and you had chains, and you know, mm-hmm. but but they were not very realistic. You had plasma guns and missile. Wolfenstein had a pretty realistic pistol. I get. I mean, the yeah, pistol's a pistol, but yeah. like where in, uh, you know, Half Life, you had military grade weapons and oh, modeled yeah, accurately. Like and... Even the out there stuff, like the crossbow and. Plus, I'm thinking that was the first game where you're playing an FPS and. It... It was the first one to challenge the idea of what you could do with a first-person shooter because you start the game in a train headed for work. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and the game in this computerized voice is telling you about the facilities and, you know, you're saying hi to Barney and the guards. and You're walking in. Talking about going why, to get Yeah, they're talking about why you're late for your job and, and, and it's just this totally different experience right away. Yeah, the first yeah, half just, hour is just your first kind of like your your day on the job. Yeah, bosses are yelling it's, it's at you. Narrative, which is like the very thing that was. I remember back when Doom, like we all love Doom, right? But like I know there were a lot of industry people at the time that were downgrading Doom left and right for being just a mindless first person shooter that had no redeeming qualities, except for the fact that it was infinitely fun. Yeah, um, I can't remember anybody knocking Doom for its story. I or, do. Or I do. Too. Oh yeah. Like I read a lot of like. Back I remember then, I people was, dogging Quake because, and that's part of because John Romero's dumbass built up Quake to be something that 
Uh, God suing them for the rights to reality and all this bullshit. Yeah. Is that what you're talking about? Oh, yeah. I, mean, I remember an interview where he's like, you know, you're just going to... Um, I don't know, he talked about... Because it sounded like a medieval-type game. Like, you're going to have this sword, and you're just going to come across this guy, and maybe you can befriend him, or maybe you can kill him, but you just can't... You can't just, like, point a gun and shoot at him. you got to take a hammer, and you're going to have to, like, beat him to death with it. And, like, it... <laughs> I just like talked about this really cool sounding game, very over the top, violent. Um, That's not what it came to be. No, it was just three dimensional doom, really. Yep, that's what it was. I remember it was a big deal because they were getting a nine inch nails guy, um, Trent Reznor, which didn't pay off at all. Yeah, he was supposedly locked in a room and playing with soundboards and you know trying to come <laughs> up with a bunch of amazing. Sounds and also the sound for music. Doom sucked. Or I Sound for Quake sucked. And there was a couple of really cool, like heavy guitar riffs that you can tell, like that that played at certain points in the game. Mm-hmm. But mostly, it was pretty shitty sound design. I thought, and not I very thought good. The, like grenade launchers were cool. But, Those yeah, pretty convincing. The yeah, you know that. The, the thing about Quake, and the only reason it was revolutionary at all because the single-player game sucked, um, was that it was the very first internet multiplayer game and spawned the whole turn, you know, things we take for granted, like camping, uh, you <laughs> spawn know, killing. spawn killing, uh, clans, all these things were, 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 were created back in the day. Now, I thought you could play Doom 2 over the network. You could, but it basically... I never knew of anyone who could play it over the internet. For one thing, Doom almost predated the internet. But what you could do is get a... um, Like, dial into a BBS, and the BBS would basically spoof an IPX network um, over... You know, you you would join, like, in a chat room with four guys, and then you would start the game and then basically tell the game that you were connected to it over a null modem cable or something like that. And then it would it would hook you guys up and, and play. But it was not like where you had thousands of servers that you could load. And you had to download. There was no server browser. You had to actually manually type in, connect IP address, blah, 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 blah. And now it's come full circle and we're back to that shit. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, what do you mean? No server browser. Yeah. But um, yeah. match me with somebody who I have no idea if I want to play with. Thanks. Right. Yeah. No kidding. Uh, you're. You, it's interesting that you were calling these like survival horror because I forever associate survival horror with some Resident. sort of limitation. Like because I started with Resident Evil and Resident Evil, you can't. You oh, for one, you have super shitty camera angles in a lot of instances. Like you'll. The reason it's so scary is because you walk around a corner and you literally can't see anything until a zombie is right <laughs> in your face. Right, gnawing on your leg. So yeah, exactly. Um, but not only is there shitty camera angles, but you can't run or move and shoot or so, save like, the game anytime. Yeah, you want. that's true. You have to yeah or stop save to, to point the weapon. Yeah, and, and so I associate the the survival horror genre with those limitations. So I don't like consider FPS. Although I see what you're saying, Doom and Quake are like these kind of scary, intense games. Yeah, it's just like like you were saying about Sam and Max. Um, <laughs> or Serious Sam, rather. <laughs> Sam and Max. Sam yeah, and Sam Max. Max. The f- Hence FPS. Survival, Survival horror. horror. <laughs> <laughs> no, but what you were saying earlier, uh, Serious Sam was, was just like Doom on crack. Well, 
the the whole idea was that concept with Doom of, of having wave after wave of increasingly more powerful, more freakish, more demonic enemies, and you have to conserve your ammo to survive, and you have to watch your health all the time because you know you're being overrun by packs of monsters. That's exactly what the model of survival horror became was uh, ammo conservation and increasingly more powerful, more freakish enemy. Yeah. And that's what Doom is. I mean, that's what Doom and Doom 2 is. Eventually you go to hell, and you're like fighting, isn't it John Carmack's face or something? What? This is John Romero. What? John Romero, is it his face at the end of it? Well, yeah, that is a Doom 2. And also, you had to cheat like, to see that. Because uh, <laughs> you're actually... It's the devil that you're fighting. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's a ma- it was a massive face mm. of a devil that you were shooting at while he spawned yeah. wave after wave of enemies that try to stop you. You I, had to line up your rocket just right to get it into his brain exposed brain case. Yeah, that fight is a bitch and a it half. It sure is. Because I downloaded when they came out like with Doom and Doom Two and Doom Master of Doom, whatever it is, uh on Steam for like five dollars for all of the games. I bought them um and sat down, speaking of locking yourself in a room, I locked myself in my room one weekend and just played through every Doom game made except for three. It was yeah. pretty awesome. <laughs> there are some really yeah, inventive level designs. Cool. Mm-hmm. It's a uh, and and it's like it feels survival horror. But yeah, I I see what you're saying about you know, kind of the way you were introduced with survival horror was totally different. But it seems yeah. like FPS has tried to tried hard to break from that mold, and they still do. I mean, there are first person games that really don't even involve much shooting, like. There was one that came out on Xbox where you're leaping building to building and uh, Mirror's that, Edge, yeah, that was Mirror's cool. Edge, yeah, and Portal. I mean, and Portal. I mean, that is a shooter, I guess, because you technically have the Portal gun, but it's <laughs> yeah. definitely not survival horror. That's a puzzle right. game, right. and first person has has really broadened its scope since Doom. I think uh, Superman 64 would technically qualify as survival horror. <laughs> because <laughs> because you're trying to survive you're the horror. And you're trying to survive it, yeah. <laughs> That's only because when you played it, I made you because you were locked up in my own prison. And I had a gun <laughs> to your head. I was it's locked horror. in a pod as Superman. Yeah. you <laughs> Paraplegic Superman. By the book. I don't know, I guess maybe Duke Nukem 3D was one of the first kind of break the mold from the Doom where it was campy and you had larger open environments and they had really inventive... The the deathmatch for Duke Nukem 3D, there's still some things I don't think anyone has actually done since. I'm thinking (laughs) like like, uh, holographic... Uh, maps or holographic projections. You could there's a hollow emitter you could place that would um, it looked like you, and as you moved around the level and turned around, it would also turn and move around and like jump when you jumped. But you could actually set a trap by like setting that hollow emitter somewhere where a person would come around the corner and shoot at that for a split second, thinking it's you, mm-hmm. while you set up somewhere else and pasted them. Nice. It had remote That's detonating. They had remote detonating pipe bombs, laser trip mines. Damn jetpack! Uh, you could you could shrink what you're in it. You could shrink uh, someone that you're playing deathmatch against, and then step on them. Um, 
Hmm. Teleport. Actually, it was really, really cool ahead of it ahead of its time. Not to mention the fact that it had you know character, whereas Doom yeah. and Wolfenstein, you don't really get to know the guy at all. No, I mean it, you are you are an avatar, whereas Duke, you played Duke. You were Duke Nukem, and he was a badass man. I mean, he, he has phrases that I quote to this day. You I know, mean, he like, was not, and he was not. You never got I'm to. Sorry, but I don't have time to play with myself. You know, <laughs> a really cool. Like, I mean, he he is great for ventrilo harassment. Oh yeah, <laughs> you can't <laughs> ventrilo harass anybody with Duke, with Doom. I don't know that I agree that Duke Nukem for all the reasons you just listed, was ahead of its time. I think it might have been behind its time. Because as as FPSs have, have... As we've gotten into modern FPSs, they've actually become more focused and less about like all these different weapons you've got, um, all these different things you can do. It's, it's like modern FPSs are about very specific things. Um, there aren't a whole lot of weapon choices. There aren't a whole lot of... like accessories like trip mines and and hollow emitters and all this stuff. Um, like Modern Warfare for example, I mean yeah. you basically got two weapons, a pistol and a gun depending on which class you pick. And grenades. And, and grenades, yeah, yeah. You got a machine gun and, a, and a, a grenade and a pistol in case you need to finish somebody off. And that is, and that is extremely common now. I mean, yep. most games play like that. But you know, I think there's something poorer for it because... Mm-hmm. That was interesting in Doom that you could customize levels to play to certain weapon strengths, and you could customize your gameplay style to you know to maximize a weapon that actually uh, appealed to you. I mean, there was yeah, some... and I'm not saying that that's a, a negative on Duke Nukem. I'm just saying things like that's um, not where the industry is gone. Is what exactly. It, it kind of was tailing off at the point that Duke Nukem came in because it was kind of late to that entry. With like, yeah, and I haven't played Modern Warfare enough, but it seems like that you, it would kind of get a little stale in the gameplay because a lot of the strategy in Doom was um, basically area denial. Like mm-hmm. you had to run certain routes to, to pick up health and to pick up the powerful weapons not only to keep yourself stocked up, but to prevent others from getting the upper hand. Whereas in Modern Warfare, it doesn't matter what if you hold an area of the map because there is no health and there is no ammo. Yeah. So it's just you're basically hunting the other person through a level. There is no real strategic... No, there, there are the, the capture points, right? Well, but I'm saying, like, that's, yeah, if you played a certain gameplay modes, but yeah. there's no intrinsic reason to, you know, there's no skill involved in knowing a map and running a route and, you know, denying weapons and health to the other uh, to the other guy because you have basically infinite regeneration health and um, you don't live long enough to run out of your primary gun's uh, we- ammo, and if you that do, you're true. screwed because there's yeah. no way to get more. Yeah, that's a bit of a problem for me. Um I actually kind of like Battlefield's um, solution to that like infinite respawn thing, where every time you died, it took away a ticket. Yes. And you had a limited number of tickets, so by by controlling more points, you took away more of the team's tickets. And they and did have... You, you did have... You had to manage your health and manage your ammo, and there was, some, some, there was points in the map that had resupply that was mm-hmm. important to hold, yep. in addition to the strategic objective, that, you know, that was where... You could hole up and regenerate your health and, and uh, ammo. Yeah, it's pretty obvious that Modern Warfare was designed to be a run and gun. Like, you go in, 
you shoot some people, you get killed. And then you come back in, you shoot some people, you get killed. Because, mm-hmm. like you said, there is, there is no point where you can get more ammo. And, and you have, like, a couple clicks. You can't get more ammo in that game? Not that I'm I've, aware of. I've not really played it that much. I mean, but... you can pick up ammo off your previous corpse. Uh-huh. Or, or other you, people. When you kill, like, weapons. like for example, when uh, uh, Jim and I were playing at PAX, I was, like, a NATO force, and he was a Russian whatever, and if I k- killed him and I was low, I could drop my, you know, MP5 and pick up his AK-47 or whatever the Spetsnaz used. And hope that it wasn't a long firefight and I wasted all my ammo too. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but once you ran out of grenades, you were pretty much fucked because oh, yeah. they, the flashbangs and the frags were really instrumental in the winning firefights in that game. Mm-hmm. So... But uh, there again, it's like you know we were just playing one-on-one death match. It wasn't like a squad play or any of the you know in, any of the uh, you know specialty things. So maybe it's not a fair shake because that's the other thing I will say that I enjoy that about games is almost every game has a capture the flag mode and, or a king of the hill mode or mm-hmm. and up until I, the very first game I can remember playing of that vein, there was a mod to Doom Two. It wasn't even a mod. It was just basically a really creative map design called Death Tag, where there was two bases and there was no enforced teams. You just had to decide, okay, this is ours and this is yours. And you you only had four guys to play, so there's one guy defending and one guy was attacking. And you basically had to run to their fort and flip a switch. And every time you flipped a switch, um, a panel would 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 shut over that switch and it would raise this little score tower in the middle of the level. Like, you know, they'd start off flush with the ground, and when you flip the switch the first time, that red that red stick would go up one level. And then the blue guy would score, and he'd go up one level, and he'd score again, and that the blue thing would be... Tw- and the first person to raise that staff to, like, five or six levels one uh, ended the level. But once you flip the switch, the switch would hide itself for, like, 30 seconds, so you couldn't just sit there and flip, 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 flip. It gave the defenders time to, like, flush out their fortress and kill you and then make you respawn in your fortress and do it again. And that was really cool. But then when Quake came out, basically every every variation of gameplay you see today was a Quake mod. Captured a flag. Um, uh, what are some of the other methods? Um, um, I played mostly Quake 2. I didn't really get into Quake. There are a lot of uh, like, I, like even multi classes like Team Fortress was originally a Quake modification, oh, um, cool. and like they really bent that game in ways that you can't hardly imagine. Like kind of like when you played uh, Counter Strike, it's hard to believe that that was Half Life at one time. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. how much they modified the Quake engine and to, to make it think that that was you know like, wow that was, this is really cool how they've done this and that's cool. I think Valve is one of the only companies doing that SDK release where mm-hmm. you can really make those cool mods like that. Yeah. I will say that the amount of effort, like I was really involved in Doom editing and hacking and to lesser extent Quake. The amount of effort to make a polished map in a modern like Half-Life 2 source engine is so incredible that yeah. It's be. I mean, you have to you have to work at like a full time job to get good at the editor number two, one, and then you know you just have to spend hours and hours and hours assembling the level, texturing it, play testing it. It's oh. basically you have to be sixteen years old or co- in college <laughs> and, and flunking out. Yeah, 
or failing college. <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah. Not succeeding at college, failing college. But, I don't know, I mean... So, what do we think about uh, console FPS? We haven't talked about that at all. Not much. Um, I didn't um, really experience much FPS on, on PC in the glory days. I would uh, attend a LAN party every now and again where, you know, Doom... Well, not Doom really so much, but like Quake 2... Jedi Knight and things were, were being played, but my first real go at FPS was uh, Nintendo 64, GoldenEye. Hmm, really? And uh, that was kind of my... That was the most I had ever played a first-person shooter at the time, ever. Like, I had been around them, <laughs> um, but it's kind of like saying that you know about sex because you walked past a few whorehouses on your way home. Um <laughs> It's it's just like I, I breathed in the the excitement of FPS, but never really got hands on until I had a joystick in my hand. And, uh, that's that's okay. where I got uh, exposed. I popped my FPS cherry on Goldeneye. <laughs> that that whole uh, string of sentences sounded very vulgar. Yes, I, I need to take Pop a shower. And cherries and. <laughs> Uh, I'll say that that's not a bad one because Goldeneye. Um, that's in the podcast. That's a popular way to end the show. <laughs> it was so funny because I remember you guys talking about Goldeneye, and I got into it like late. And, and I you was, were a PC FPS. Well, I mean, nah. can you imagine if all you've played for the last four or five years are incredibly sophisticated, <laughs> you know, increasingly sophisticated FPS games where you can look up and down, you can mouse aim, mm-hmm. you can jump, and now you're basically going back to Slightly the less stony. complex levels than Doom One, and you're play- back to playing with a joystick. And I'm only giving you shit because I'm a bit of an FPS PC snob as well. But I mean, it's like it. it but the game was so good that within a half hour of bitching, I was like totally into playing with you guys. It was really the ga- weapon balance There's was something good. about the, the simplicity of, the of it too. Well, and plus, like the variety of the modes, like the you know. Yeah, there was only really one we played, which was one-hit kills. Well, that you guys, like, I never was involved in the scene as you guys were. But, like, I just thought, like, when I came over and played, we first played just straight up for a long time. Then we played Man of the Golden Gun. Yeah, that's fun. And then, you know, Slappers Only and Living Daylights. and Or what was the one where it's, like, you one-hit, one-kill? What was that mode called? License to Kill. Yeah, License to Kill mode. I mean, there was a lot of really fun variations. So... I just like the four-player split screen. Basically, brought you all the thrills of the Doom Doom One <laughs> Doom One saga. So. I even like playing that game single player. Like I would borrow the cartridge every once in a while. From I the, played through and beat the first this the single player version of Goldeneye. It was really it was a good game. It's pretty difficult. Yeah, we actually it. went through it. You were a part of this, right, Peter? We went through and we yep. we ran everything um, in like these really fast times. We did everything very specifically so that we could unlock all the stuff like paintbrushes. Yeah. Uh, instead of slappers. Paint balls. Paint balls. Paint balls. Yep. Paint yep. ball mode. You had like super. Super big, crazy heads. And <laughs> you could dual wield knives. I remember, like, there's a time where we had to play paintball mode exclusively to mollify someone's parents. I can't remember whose that was. <laughs> it's like, we're not sure. It's, look, it's just paintball. It was probably Peter's. I, it definitely wasn't mine. I don't think so, because Peter, paintball would not have, maybe it was my mom, um, when my brother <laughs> into it, because it's like, if Peter's mom would not be assuaged by paintball. 
No, she was horrified of you stimulating paintball. Right. (laughs) Yeah, I could never actually play paintball. So if it was not an activity I could do in reality, then I sure as hell couldn't do it in virtual reality. Simulated virtual reality. (laughs) (laughs) But I, I, I really love that game, and a lot of it has to do with, you know, even the single player mode has, you know, a lot of, you know, because it's it's themed after James Bond. And you're doing a lot of Bond things. There are Bond weapons in it, and you know oh, Bond yeah. has a has special watches and yeah, the laser yeah. watch. And you had to save the girl. I mean, that was a core mechanic for several of the levels. You had to keep that bitch alive. This was one of the one of the cases where I found out Jim Jones prefers his FPS with realistic weapons. Yep. Um, that's one of the things you always said you loved about this game. Yeah, because I, I really I don't like energy weapons, and I don't know why, but I'm very biased against them. Now this is weird. This goes. You really little... hate the vacuum sweeper on Half Life, the original Half Life. Oh, the ghost blue on gun. The ghost bust. Although it was so much fun to wield, just because you. Oh, oh yeah. so powerful. In X Fire, if you had like full. <laughs> Battery charge and the gluon gun, you were a force of goddamn nature. I can still see the blue glow in that alley by the dumpster going back to the room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that shit's awesome. It doesn't make sense. Let me let me see if I understand this correctly. Okay. Jim Jones doesn't like fantasy, prefers science fiction, but in your FPSs, they have to be realistic weapons. And they can't yeah. be science fiction weapons. Strange. So you've got like this bias that goes downhill and it's crazy. It's like this you know? hate You'll trying. watch fantasy movies and so you'll play fantasy games, you like to watch science fiction, but you hate playing science fiction games. <laughs> I, I don't hear like, like paper, rock, scissors. It he'll, really is. <laughs> he won't read fantasy, but he'll play it in his CCG games. Uh, uh-huh. And if it's FPS, it better not have science fiction in it. It's like, what the hell? I don't understand. It's wild. Actually, I like science fiction FPS. I just don't want energy weapons. But isn't that a staple? What about Star Trek? You watch Star Trek and Star Wars where it's nothing but blasters and phasers. Yeah, sure, do, you I like watch play, them. do you like playing Jedi Knight too? Um, because like does it mean? like when you got blaster rifles and that kind of stuff? When it's like a uh, pro- Jedi Knight has never been my favorite series. Wow, uh, Counter Strike and Half Life have been much more. Because uh, Jedi Knight Two is an amazing game. I was about to say that, like, I can't. I was going to say that Jed, that I don't know that there's been a true FPS innovation. You mean Jedi Knight Two, or do you mean Dark Forces Two? No, I'm I'm talking about Jedi. The Dark Forces Two is Jedi Knight, right? Right, right. I'm talking about Jedi Knight Two. It's the one where Billy D yeah. supposedly didn't do the voice. Oh, I have it in my hand. And Mark, exactly. Ham- and Mark Hamill, you get to fight with Luke Skywalker side by side. Right, 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 right. Okay, um, I was just wanting to make sure because there's some confusion there because the Good first creed. Jedi Knight was called Jedi Knight Dark Forces Two, right? Yeah. And, and I think the, it's the second other way around. one is called Jedi Knight Two Dark Forces Three Your Mom Five, and it's just it gets more and more <laughs> as the subtitles. See, have you ever noticed that with series that eventually build up like three subtitles, eventually just start dropping? the subtitles and it well, for example like modern thing. warfare 2 yeah now just yeah modern wasn't that call of duty it was uh, call of duty 4 it was call of duty 4 modern warfare, modern warfare. and the new one now is just war- modern warfare 2 it's yeah, like you know exactly. what 
Let's fuck Call of Duty. Perfect first. example of what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, Doom 3, Call of Duty, Quake 6, 4, your mom, 5, Part 3, you know? <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Just start earlier with the new series. Just realize that it's, you know, a chachi spinoff of Happy Days and call it something else. Right. (laughs) But it's all part of the FPS evolution, which we were talking consoles, and I I think that while, you know, I kind of cut my teeth on FPS with the console, that I eventually grew to become a man mouse and keyboard believer, and half of it was seeing you guys play at LAN parties. Um, you guys could do stuff that I would never in a million years, still to this day, could not do, even if I have two or three or five joysticks on my head. I could never do some of the moves I saw done at LAN party with keyboard and the mouse. Yep. You just Yo, kind of I mean, circle straight, zoom in, and have a pinpoint precision of aiming as you can with the with a modern keyboard and mouse as you do with right. The- you can like sprint full tilt to the edge of a building, jump off the roof, mm-hmm. whirl around as you're falling, shoot someone in the window <laughs> that you're hurtling past in the head, mm-hmm. and then land and flip around and kill the person that was shooting you on the roof, which is why you jumped off it in the first place. Yeah, it's phenomenal. I, I mean, like, like uh, there's like I shit. remember. Oh, go ahead. You feel like. You feel like Neo from the Matrix. You really do. When you're and, playing some of these FPSs, because and this is all before you know Bullet Time was incorporated in right. FPS. <laughs> and you, you know, know what I don't. Do what I shit. don't get is there are mouse and keyboard attachments for the PlayStation Three and Xbox, correct? Yeah, and I know why people don't use them. Why? Because, because it's, like just very odd. it's very inconvenient to sit on your couch with a mouse and keyboard. I mean, oh, where do you put? What stable surface do you have? I would put it on this here coffee table, and I would rule ass on every public server there is. And you would hunch over on your coffee table and to 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 have that kind of level of godly ability. No, it, it's it's one hundred percent against the concept of console. I'm because telling for a console, you, you, no, you want gi- some... no, 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 listen. To a console, you want a giant television. You want to lounge back on your couch and play your games. You don't understand. How competitive some of these people are in like Halo and Modern Warfare. I'm telling you, if there was an, that easy an advantage to be had, they would do it. There's got to be something like they don't. You can't use the mouse and keyboard in the game. No, you can. They just don't. Um, it's probably because they don't allow them at tournaments. I would guess. I've heard also ha- like Halo um, limited, like even in the PC version, limited how fast you could spin to the maximum turn rate of. The oh yeah, and that would just feel awkward. So it's like now it's like you want to flip around and do like you bounce, but it feels like you're in mud. Yeah, I I specifically wanted to address Halo because I know we all, or at least uh, Aaron and I, have different opinions on it. I think um, Halo is great. It's just as good as Goldeneye, only better. What are your opinions? That's your opinion on it. Yes. Wow. <laughs> yeah. See, I, I am not a Halo fanboy. Yeah. Did you play it for more than an hour? I did. I played through all of Halo 2, actually. Well, I'm talking about with, with friends in a multiplayer environment. No, I played through the single player. That's why you hate it. <laughs> but I played through single player on mouse and keyboard on my PC. Uh, so. Yeah, I don't think... I think the single player campaign for Halo, especially Halo, Halo 2 is slightly better. I heard Halo 3 was actually kind of amazing. Um, but that's not where Halo's at. Halo is all about the multiplayer... Playing with your buddies, um, 
you know, I I'm not a huge Halo fan, but like my brother would always take it down to us on our trips to Florida. Um, and the wives and girlfriends would get so pissed because invariably all of us guys would end up in the in one room sitting in the dark playing Halo for hours at a time at night instead of you know going to dinner and walking on moonlight in the beach and all that other bullshit. <laughs> so like it definitely has its charms and the it has a lot of varied styles of play and. Very you know, I would say that I probably don't like Halo for the same reason I don't like guys to fuck me up the asshole. And that's because I wasn't molested as a child. Um, and this is this is where I'm headed with this analogy. <laughs> Alright, I'll, I'll ride the wave. Uh, Alright, if I was surrounded by Halo fags um, with their two joysticks and their third one up their asshole... And all all that you you have is your fucking TV with your Xbox attached to it. This is a guy who's just singing the praises of fucking Goldeneye. And let me finish. Let me finish. If I had nothing but that as an alternative, and I didn't grow up around any other potential FPS experiences, then I would probably you know love being fucked up the ass. But. The fact of the matter is is that I've seen too much, and I know that there's a larger world out there, and that's why um, I can never get on to the... See, I played GoldenEye like it was Doom. Like, I played it like it had a 2D plane, and that's it. I rarely looked up and down because it was so, it was so clunky. You might yeah. as well not even try to do it unless you're going to, like Resident Evil, aim up and down, and that's hit your R button, and you won't be able to move, but you'll be able to have that precise joystick aiming experience. Yeah. So that's how I did my console FPS was just with the single joystick and when you're on the go running and gunning, I played it like a doom level. And then every once in a while I would have the precision and the moment to be able to like pause and you know take a snipe scope out and actually do the precision aiming. I understand that technically you can do both of those styles all at once now that you have a fancy, you know, joystick on the right hand side, but I kind of didn't ever play my console FPSs that way, and then by the time I was into computer FPS, I had this precise experience of being able to run and gun in all three dimensions on the fly and aim with precision via the mouse. And once I experienced that and then saw how the consoles were sort of trying to give you that freedom, except it was this clunky right joystick, which I'm used to using for like other powers and abilities with my right thumb, it just it just made me nauseous and and want to go throw up. Yeah. Similar to I yes, but again, you you're yeah, basically can... you're basically with me. If forty minutes into playing Goldeneye, you guys, I'd be like, you know what, fuck you guys and fuck this game because this is this feels like I'm playing on retard mode. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's why I don't enjoy console FPS nearly as much as PC. I mean, you made a lot of good points there. The, you just feel like you are being crippled for no reason. On the other hand, on a really fun game like GoldenEye, or I would argue Halo 2, that feeling fades after the first half hour to an hour when you're playing, having a good time with your friends because you yeah. can have really intense firefights because everybody's playing on retard mode. Exactly. I was going to say it's, it's more about playing with your friends and, and that level playing field kind of makes it okay. But there's um, still the But core... if there's something inside of me that says... This sucks because I can't spin around at a 360. And on the other hand, let me just make the pro argument that I finally appreciated after a couple hours of Halo is that 
back when Jason and I played Doom, there was a real tactical advantage of sneaking up on somebody. Because nine times out of ten, you fucking nailed their ass, and before they could turn around to effectively deal with you, mm-hmm. they were dead. Sure. Because they couldn't, yeah. like, with Doom 2, when me and Jason got really good, sneaking up with, on somebody, unless you actually had to double bear shotgun up their ass, mm-hmm. meant basically you got point zero three seconds of free shot before they instantly auto-aimed onto you and returned fire. <laughs> sure. Halo brings that, like, tactical maneuverability edge back and that it's almost kind of realistic that if you stalk this guy through a canyon and get the jump on him and start pelting him with needlers you're probably going to kill him he's not going to be able to jump around and instantly turn and start firing back so it takes some of the twitch skill out of it and replaces it with genuine stalking and sound like tactical decisions that you make how is that though because can't they see your side of the screen or are you talking about like over the internet over well, I mean over the internet, but like on a four player, uh, you, on a four player, like Blood Gulch map of X uh, of Halo, you do not have time to kind of like look at everybody else's screen. There's too real- much stuff going on. Oh, okay, so it's too fast, but because I know with Goldeneye, that became a, a part of the strategy. Well, sure, look, looking at other people's screen all the time, every every second. Right? I I don't know about that, man. Like too fast paced? Are you serious? I'm so used to games like Half-Life Deathmatch where it is fast-paced. Shit's coming at you from every direction. You're ducking behind corners. And you're just not, to you're not stay looking alive. at everybody else's monitor to figure out what's going on either. Exactly, but there's yeah, more action all the time. It. Whereas in Halo, it you're not in the shit at all times. You're, like you said, stalking around. You're, it feels like a very, very slow version of the FPS that I'm used to, no, which is another way that I feel crippled and dumbed down in that game. Maybe I am thinking about like purely online play. I just remember re- appreciating that, like in as I what you know, basically needle gun some dude to death. That like, wow, I never in in. It's been so long since I had that satisfying feeling of I've outmaneuvered and gotten a tactical advantage, and I'm going to press it. Um, that you know, there's I guess a couple instances like you know in Counter Strike, you can get you can say, somebody over with a grenade, too. a really well timed grenade, and there's not much they can do. Or you can Slash be across grenade. the level and hit them with the op, and they never even saw you. But you know, for like the light machine gun class weapons, it, it's it's there's not a lot of one shot one kill without reprisal, you know. Oh, I, I very much disagree with that. You get to the upper levels of that game, and you're looking at, if you don't get an immediate headshot, you're not going to kill them. You're talking about Counter-Strike or Half-Life 2? I'm talking about Counter-Strike. Yeah, maybe Counter-Strike is probably the still to this day the most competitive multiplayer FPS out there. Yeah, and I'm not like so biased that I won't say that Halo has a massive community that's enthusiastic. No, like, it does. Definitely. Out it there, totally does. tournaments are huge. I mean, the popularity yeah. of that game is enormous. And while we're talking about this, I uh, kind of recognize my own personal bias because I realize now that I really loved Goldeneye as limiting and as uh, all these set things I'm saying about Halo, I'm recognizing as we talk could be said about Goldeneye. Yeah. But the reason I liked Goldeneye is because I owned a 64 in its heyday. You didn't and know I was, any better. Well, not only that, I did know better because I, I, you know, Ace Jace came over to play with us 
uh, one time, uh, one night over at Jim's house uh, to play some Goldeneye, he picked up one of the third player <laughs> controllers and he played for five to ten minutes. And before he threw the controller down and said, "Can I calibrate this?" and we all looked up at him and were like, "No, I don't think it allows you to calibrate." And he's like, "This has some cool ideas. I think I could get into it, but I I have to be able to calibrate this joystick." Or I won't be able to play because I'm not playing at my peak performance. And we're like, "Hey, dude, Miyamoto didn't put a calibration feature in it. You got to play like we play." And he right. never played the game again. And <laughs> it's like I have that same sort of bias against Halo, and it's because I guess I've grown past that console phase where you know the most exciting thing to do is to you know sit in the living room and play you know on a joystick. And I think I was so into GoldenEye because that was like a very transitional period for me. Um, I was moving away from consoles more into PC. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like right in that middle area where I was excited about both of them. Yeah. So you were you were doing it all back then. And I, for me, it was I was playing Zelda on 64. I was playing... like The 64 was the best console of the day. It had the, some of the best graphics you could get at home, and I was playing. Whoa, whoa, you know, whoa, 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 <laughs> he's he's going to say PlayStation. <laughs> yeah, look, jackass. <laughs> you Let's cannot, not open this. But no. he had a sixty-four. Don't you understand? That's what I'm saying. I'm like, realize <laughs> well, that you are. You realize he that he also you, had a PlayStation. You were at I also war had with a PlayStation. And I, I played them both, and I, I think that, and as a person that had a computer at the time, they were both inferior gaming devices. I agree. But I mean, to say no. that the, to say that the 64 was clearly better in a PlayStation. I can't see how any neutral person would agree. Well, I'm not going to say that it was it was better because you know I actually memorized the tech specs of those game systems and can rattle them off to you right now. I knew that the PlayStation, for example, could do 150,000 polygons per second, whereas the uh, 64 could do like 75,000. But the 64 had texture. Uh, uh, trilinear mapping. Are we really the- arguing about fourth or generation, four, four generations of gaming? <laughs> you opened up the can, man. Uh, you're you the one that said up. it was the best. The it was worms the best. popped out. What yeah. I'm trying yeah. to say is that Still, it well had some of the most shot. advanced graphics for the day that you could play on a console, <laughs> and that yeah, is yeah. undisputed. And if, if that, not a little bit controversial. <laughs> okay, it's not in dispute. It's not dispute. I'll, I'll, I'll play along because I don't really care. <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's one or the other. I mean, it, it it certainly was better than Super Nintendo graphics, right? Well, sure. So, okay. No. Well, Super Nintendo graphics are the pinnacle <laughs> of graphic processing. In fact, everything has gone back. Chrono, Chrono Trigger is, is is looks like a 32-bit game, goddammit. Dude, Star um, are you kidding yeah. me? Pilot Wings. Pilot Wings where it's at, man. It's the, v, the 32FX chip in the cartridges, man. It had a hell of a sound chip. a racer. My only point in all this goddamn nonsense is the fact that it was the elite, one of the two elite consoles. <laughs> yes, it was the other console that was out at the time. <laughs> Go suck it. <laughs> <laughs> What I'm trying to say, dick face, is that <laughs> fucking Xbox 360 is one of the two to one of the three. Com- uh, there weren't even three competitors back then because Sega Saturn didn't count. Yeah, he right. It, it, it took a shit, and Dreamcast never took off either. So, yeah. so you've got two 
two comp- two competing consoles, and it's new, and I'm playing. I'm actually playing it. It's as if, you know, I. I I don't play. I don't. I've never owned a 360, and I've never. I owned an Xbox, but I bought it for an RPG game, and I never played the Xbox consoles the way I played my 64. And I sure as hell didn't have a bunch of friends with an Xbox while it was popular that I could go over and drink beer and play. Hey, uh, yeah, I agree. And all I'm saying is, you're getting to be a little old to engage in such short-sighted fanboyism to basically talk about, you know, guys that play Halo as having one joystick stuck up their ass. and Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's kind of hitting me as to how I'm kind of biased and kind of being a little unfair because a lot of those statements, while I'll stick to them just because it's kind of humorous to me, a lot of those statements, though, were kind of based on the fact that I didn't grow up as a 16-year-old during the Xbox phase. I grew up as a 16-year-old back when Nintendo 64 was the hot shit. Oh, I mean, can you imagine being on a college campus during the X, the Halo heyday? And I'm like sure that's it your was first fun. that's your first experience with multiplayer gaming? I mean, no yeah. wonder it's so huge. Yeah, I would hate everything I've said about it up until this point. Um if I was that guy, but I'm So not. Where, let me ask you this. Where do you think first-person shooters are going in terms of... It's hard to say, like, in terms of realism because I... I remember when Half-Life 2 came out, and I thought, man, look how real it is. And, like, I remember going and loading up a deathmatch level and just playing with the RPG and how awesome it was that, like, you had this laser-guided rocket and it left a vapor trail and it's like, man, things can't get... How Look how real this looks. Yeah. And just five years later, it looks like shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like, you know, in terms of real, it's hard to say because Modern Warfare 2 looks pretty damn real, and so does Battlefield 2 with yeah. 3. Where do you think the innovation's going? Is it going to be 3D? Is it going to be Is it going to be some kind of new gameplay that blows us away? Like, I've heard Portal 2 has multiplayer. What the Maybe. hell does that mean? <laughs> How can... I mean, where where is going to be the next generation or revolution in uh, first-person shooters? Uh, it's likely going to come out battle. first. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that's a very interesting question because if you look back, as we've done a little bit in this cast, on the history of FPS, FPS kind of is always this playground of innovation in the gaming industry, no matter what fucking year we're in. And even to this day, if you want to look at the latest, greatest uh, visual graphics engine in development right now, you go to a first-person shooter and you look at the next Crytek version. And that's where the visual innovation has been ever since fucking Wolfenstein. Uh, Wolfenstein took everybody's breath away because it didn't look like Mario. It was a 3D plane. And it might have been a pseudo-3D plane, but it was visually astounding when you first saw it. It was a new visual experience. All our new visual experiences are still not in any other genre, but first um, they show up in the test bed of of FPS. And I think that you're going to see that that is also going to be true with the styles of gameplay going forward. For example, motion controls. Um, Motion controls ever since we came out is the big deal. I mean, everybody's developing for it. Uh, PlayStation 3 has a one-to-one motion 
since they're in development right now. One of their first demos was an FPS uh, view of a guy uh, cocking back a bow and arrow and shooting at skeletons at last year's E3. And I think you're going to see um, both with the 3D technology and also with motion sensor technology, um, FPS is going to be the playground for these new innovations as well as as the portal-type gameplay. Um, FPS is the test bed for our imagination in game. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with a lot of what you said. Um, the motion controls, the 3D, that's all going to be part of FPS very soon. Um, uh, also, I think there's like a distinction you need to make between like single-player and multiplayer, because there are two very different things, um, evolutions that are going to happen there. Um, single-player side, you're already starting to see really, really good AI. Mm-hmm. Um, stuff mm-hmm. like Fear introduced this, where, I mean, enemies are not just going to stand there and let you shoot them anymore. Um, <laughs> and, and, and things like Crisis, where you can accomplish a mission in so many different ways, and the AI is able to react to whatever you're doing. Um, in an intelligent way, that to me is very interesting in single player. And I think in multiplayer, it's actually going to go MMO, basically. Um, you're looking at games like Mag, where you have hundreds of people playing in this enormous battlefield, and you're accomplishing, like we talked about in MMOs. Um, I don't think it made the cast, or the, the future cast, but yeah. Oh, did it not? Okay. Um, anyway, we, we talked about it a little bit. Um, off the air, I guess, and uh, we were mentioning how uh, we basically saw the future of MMOs as like this FPS kind of combination with RTS. Um, so I think it's just going to start getting more and more players. Um, you're going to have more epic battles where you're actually fighting over some larger goal um, in the online arena. I agree. I think that the innovation, the, the biggest innovation that's going to be coming down the pike in the next 24 months is some kind of unholy fusion of MMO, RTS, and FPSs. Uh, because as battles get bigger and more epic and you get like 256 soldiers per side, mm-hmm. you have to organize that some way. And the most chaotic. natural way to organize it is to assign commanders and leaders and give them an RTS interface to have them dispatch the units and kind of keep things corralled. And we've totally seen that already. It just hasn't been applied as in-depth as it could be. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like natural selection. Back in what was that ninety nine? Basically, had the on the marine side of. Uh, if you're familiar, natural selection was a original Half Life mod, still going strong. Um, where you had aliens versus marines, and the marine side had a commander section where he could view the map in a, a kind of a overhead FP uh, RTS mode and build ammo supplies and transporters and upgrade troops and give them bonuses and stuff as he saw fit. Mm -hmm. Um, So you combine that with MMO and you've really got something. I think it's funny that like if you say what's the next what's the next innovation RTS next the next uh, evolution in MMO the next uh, 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 revolution in FPS's and it's almost like uh, throw them all together and combine (laughs) them. Yeah, they're, all they're the same. converging, and that's in the gameplay styles. There's also the technology. Um, it's kind of cool how you know FPS has been the test bed for visual technology, but we're kind of reaching the limit to that. Uh, um, we're we're kind of hitting this wall where things are getting about as realistic as we've imagined them. You know, 
growing up imagining them looking, and they're looking that way. So now you see technology companies trying to break that fourth wall, as you always call it, Aaron, down even further by letting us, you know, realistically manipulate our environments through one-to-one motion and having those environments pop through the screen at us with 3D technology that's coming out. Um, that'll well, be coming out in force in the next two, three, four years. You know, that's a good point because, yes, things are getting very photorealistic, but still, like, I want to be able to go to some of these huts in Iraq when I'm in modern warfare and take my machine gun or my tank and reduce that building to rubble. Yeah, there's limited like uh, I think Red Faction was one of the one, first ones that had like per, yeah. pervasively destructible environments, but they I'm were still the very. Tr- it was very much a triggered event. I want to be able to blow craters in ground. I want to be able to knock down walls. I want glass to shatter realistically. I want things to splinter. And I think in in, in the Nvidia tech demo that they had at uh, yeah. PAX, this is all coming. Yeah. You're going to combine that high-fidelity visuals with a more realistic physical world. And okay. that's what's going to um, really give you that, um, that immersive 3D. Because before, I remember very clearly where games could be... Uh, like, for example, Flight Simulator. You could have really incredibly fluid, um, like polygonal, shaded polygon graphics, like in TIE Fighter and X-Wing. Or you could have incredibly detailed sprites that were kind of herky-jerky and Wing Commander. Same kind of thing in FPSs, where you could have loads and loads of enemies and, and, and crazy stuff going on in Doom, where you could have fewer, more intelligent, um, advanced polygonal, three-dimensional models. And now I think that this is starting to converge to where you're going to be able to have your cake and eat it too. You're going to have photorealistic environments that you can blow to hell, and that you will have, be able to have hundreds and hundreds of enemies that are not just AI, they're actually other opponents. Absolutely. The, the panel, NVIDIA's panel at PAX, was all about 3D, but it was also about like pushing the limits of that that polygon destruction. Um, they, like I said in the PAX episode, they showed it with like a thousand pieces of this bridge blowing up, and then they showed it with a million. And the uh, it, realism <laughs> and life like the way that it exploded was amazing. Yeah, it just you wouldn't think so that you're like okay on a monitor like five thousand versus a million, but that. The, the 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 more resolution you use in your simulation, and when I say resolution, I don't mean just pixel. Yeah. I mean like, you know, Fidelity. is is are the is the clo- are the clothes flapping? Are the uh, is is the environment dis- being realistically impacted by your actions? Are the boobs bouncing? Are the boobs as, bouncing? Are this, yeah, right, right. Um, <laughs> you know, ba- is all this stuff happening, and your your brain buys it more and more. Yeah, and that combined with, like, PlayStation Move. I mean, did you guys see that? I haven't really looked into Move or Natal. It's very hard because anytime you read something online, the fanboy element (laughs) is so strong that, like, you can't... I'm talking about, like, the actual tech demo. No, I haven't seen anything, really. That is impressive shit. I mean... Well, are you talking about Natal or Natal or whatever? Are you talking about uh, Move? Because... I thought that I'm talking about Natal was pretty impressive. I thought that was kind of kids' play compared to Move, and it's not because I have a PS3 bias. It's because um, the limitation of the Xbox is not there or present with the uh, with the PlayStation version because it's combining uh, a camera tracking technology with 
the kind of technologies that they use to um, motion capture people's movements for cinema uh, exactly and, and right. cutscenes. So it's it's basically the the level of tracking movement in 3D space is is the most advanced available, and if you can get this kind of interface intermixed with the technology you both have been talking about with what NVIDIA is showing off, I mean, the level of immersion is going to be almost holodeck level, <laughs> where, where you're reaching into a world that's reaching out to you. And that collaboration is exciting for me as, as, a, as a technology enthusiast. I mean, you've got the gaming world you know, busting out of the monitor at you as you are using your motion to reach in, and it's just like, hey, this is where it's connecting. And, However, and the possibility is exciting. I just wonder, as someone who's played like some FPS-type games on the um, GameCube, or whatever the hell, the Wii, uh, do I really want to sit in the middle of my living room floor aiming a controller around like a gun and swing it around wildly? You know, I mean, it's well, kind of Well, I mean, like, not when you're high on marijuana. <laughs> well, I, I played Red Steel when it came out. Uh, my brother bought a Wii, and I played it like a couple days afterward. And now that's a baby's toy compared to like the new stuff. Like, sure, I, the I, new I, ones like about the experience, the physical experience of like you know, can you have like a marathon twelve-hour session playing something like that? Well, I found myself not swinging my arm wildly. I'm not going to like spin around in circles because I'm facing the screen and very small movements can translate into very large movements on the screen. Mm-hmm. So I found myself just basically moving my wrist to point at any corner of the screen that I wanted. It, it wasn't like I was dancing through my living room swirling in John. But then it wasn't that it wasn't really that immersive then. There were no it? doves. There were no uh, shattering glass around my house, no broken TVs. <laughs> but then that 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 well, speaks to its immersion negatively, does it not? It, it does, which is why I'm saying that's kind of like the first generation of this technology. Well, what I'm it's, saying is, are you going to play a modern warfare for 12 hours in a setting when you have to actually get up and move and crouch and aim your weapon and swing it around? You know, like would you play paintball for 12 hours? No, yeah, because <laughs> it's physically exhausting. Yeah, yeah, but at the same time, I mean, the it, it's kind of like the the whole Gerstmann argument we me and uh, Jim Jones had in power play where he was testing the Wii and he wasn't really getting into it when it came to like tennis he was trying to you know flick his wrist while his he was trying to, he was trying to basically his, was, hit, you know he was trying to put the minimum effort involved in it yeah yeah he was testing it and i think that's that's necessary you need to test it and see exactly how it works but i think that the new motion technology should have a little calibration where if you want to be kind of a lazy stoner ass and just sit back on your couch and make you know small gestures to indicate what you want the um, game to do, that you could scale it down for that. Um, maybe call the setting stoner setting. And then when you're standing up and you actually want to fully engage... Man, a guy in the pisses poss- in one cup and all of a sudden he's a fucking square. <laughs> what? I, I, anyway, I'm not letting you break my rhythm this time. Um, <laughs> or you could like jack the sensitivity up to where it is a true one-to-one experience when you want to actually, you know, know what it's like to take a huge dildo and jam it in a virtual. Uh, all you have to do to, to know that is play Unga Bunga. 
Uh, it's an arcade game where you jam a finger into some guy's asshole over and over. Oh, that's, that's true. true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's a no, free I, release I with uh, I like the idea motion. Get out what you put in. Um, so if you want to, you can. Or if, maybe you, you trade off instead of playing a 12-hour marathon session of just sitting on your ass, you trade that off for one hour of white-knuckle, sweaty, intense, like, oh, my God, I can't believe that just happened. Yeah. Yeah, right. So potential for different experiences with it. I, yeah, I think I'm it's the same with the keyboard and mouse. I mean, I could go play an FPS and jack that fucker all the way to the most sensitive setting and then, you know, make a small little movement on my desk and flip around 500 times. Or I could scale that down to the level that I'm comfortable with. Yeah. Why couldn't it be like that? I don't know. Sure it could. We'll see. It's interesting to see how this these technologies will converge. I still think that what you're describing is going to be. Of course, I was wrong about the Wii. I don't know. Maybe I'm right in retrospect because it seems like the Wii's kind of a lot, a lot after you know the first few months, uh, first year of playing. People are like okay, you know. Well, it uh, has very specific applications. Yes. Well, so I guess what I'm saying is I still think that the true revolution is going to be the synergy between the genres rather than any kind of technological improvement. That those will be seen as nice tweaks, um, but we'll see a massively multiplayer FPS with RTS trappings that's hailed as revolutionary before we'll see, you know, a FPS that takes advantage of the PlayStation Move or Project Natal. In a competent way. In a comp- exactly. Yeah, probably. I mean, it's way, you know, that stuff's further out than, than what you're talking about, because you're talking about basic gameplay software innovations which yeah you know are are a lot more which happen a lot more often than hardware innovations do so all right well we've strayed way off topic in our fps cast we circle <laughs> we circle strafed way around the top. <laughs> yep and now it's circle strafing back around to shoot us in the head <laughs> it's rocket jumping over us switching weapons and blasting us in the face oh and it's being played on pc because you can't do that on console. <laughs> fuck you fanboys of xbox <laughs> anyway so what do you think juiced uh definitely definitely juiced i'm personally juiced okay um, I'm going to need my outro thing to actually do this. What the outro thing? By the way. My outro list. I guess I don't have it, do I? I don't Shit. know what the hell you're talking about. I have an outro written down that I always go to. Come on, you got about do it. You, you about do it. If you got any questions, comments, feedback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll get to it. Okay, here we go. <laughs> just start off. Just about do it. All right. It'll, it'll flow. Okay, I'm trying to get to it. But don't, don't about, in don't my about, ears. You're about do this fucking thing. I'm talking about talking in my ears, man. <laughs> <laughs> Time to shake some double up on a dude like me, dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what? Uh, it's an Office Space club. Uh, Someone's been watching motion. Office Spaces today. Okay, well, I think that's just about going to do it for our show. Then. Nice uh, tape there. That just about going to do it. Took nice tape uh, there. We are on <laughs> iTunes. Uh, check us out there and leave us a review. Uh, we release a new show every Wednesday. As always, if you have any suggestions, questions, or comments, or you want to leave a message, uh, go to our forums at www.baldmove.com. Dot com! Or you can send us an email at blueyonder at baldmove.com. Dot com! (laughs) (laughs) Or... What's going to be the next revolutionary idea in outros? 
<laughs> yeah, that's the real question. That's the real question. We, like, Peter Street will actually show up. You'll hear your door will knock. It'll ring, <laughs> and he'll scream, Dot com! Right <laughs> in your face. In the <laughs> and then, then he'll knee you in the groin and say, thanks for listening. It's a dot comogram. <laughs> <laughs> or you can call us at 1-800-FUCK-HALO. Dot com! Dot <laughs> com, with that said. Until next time, I'm Jim Jones. And I am dot com! And I'm Aaron Hubbard. What the fuck? Ciao. Alright, I got a story to tell. So very late at night, when I was making this mixtape, I heard a voice. It was coming from outside, and it was whispering to me. I couldn't quite make it out, but I knew it had a message. And I knew there was something I had to seek out. Special substance, a magical substance that would change my whole world. So I walked down the street and I found it. Well, it's 10 p.m. I'm feeling listless. No, it ain't no joke. Sitting right on top my wish list. Stay vanilla coat. So I walk out my door. To George's liquor store Where they always got what I'm looking for A 20 ounce coke with some sweetness on the side It's like my life support Had a little fix but I need some more You can buy happiness I am sure And it costs 185 Pay the man behind the counter I tell him Mr. Thanks Without your establishment I'd have no coke to drink Stride along the sidewalk, got no time to talk for real Past the crackhead and I'm thinking, man, I know how you feel Cloudy skies, they all just clear up Got my high fructose corn syrup Life doesn't get better than this Forget a man, all I need is that very first sip Pour it in my red American Idol cup 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 Oh yeah, that tastes good Ah oh, man, can't get enough of this stuff I heard somewhere that they discontinued it, but I ain't got it back Sanity meters or whatever. Right, because they were set in the yeah. Cthulhu universe. Yeah. Or Th- someone just recently told me that I'm pronouncing that wrong. I've heard Cthulhu, I've heard Cthulhu, I've heard just Cthulhu. Or but it's like it's got some kind of guttural. It's like I've heard Ludi Doodoo. Cthulhu. Ludi Doodoo. I remember there is a there is a proper way to pronounce it. I did when I just never heard of that. Looty doo doo. We were playing a game of Looty doo doo the other day. Oh, Call of Looty doo doo. That's pretty awesome, dude. (laughs) Call of Duty. Call of Duty. (laughs) Oh, you mean Call of Cthulhu? Call of Duty, right?
Because there is no Call of Duty. It's Modern Warfare. Call of Cthulhu 4. Modern Warfare. Modern Warfare Jedi Knight 2. <laughs> you know, who wrote Vampire... Uh, who wrote Dracula? Um, Bram Stoker? Yeah, Bram Stoker, like, old-school Victorian horror. I mean, Bram Stoker's Dracula, if you read that... I dare anyone to read that in the middle of the night in the dark. It is creepy as hell. You're picturing Gary Oldman. It's not that scary. <laughs> I don't know. I like. I really liked the Dracula movie. Oh, I did too. It's just... I, I don't I, know Gary Oldman is scary enough to make me shit myself in the middle of the night. Uh, I don't know. There's some really Gary horrific Coleman stuff. Gary Coleman was in that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Gary Coleman. Yeah. Yep, he Gary Coleman died. playing Dracula. He died what of it. about died Dracula? Of, he died of in-stage vampirism. What you talking about, Thulu? Coincidentally, uh, Blizzard's next game is World of Lovecraft. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, love it. It's called Wall. <laughs> yeah, it'll be Land of Lovecraft. It'll be called Wall. <laughs> Land of Lovecraft, LOL. That's a great, great name for an RPG. LOL. That's a great, great name for an RPG.